Mary Namara is an embodied channel and sex, love, money, and soul coach. She helps people to establish a strong sense of sovereignty, embodiment, and self-worth to support them in creating the life of their dreams. Together, they work on recalibrating on an energetic level, coming to alignment with their truth and their essence, and build the personal power needed to take action from this place. Hello everybody, I'm really happy to have all of you listening to our Healer Hub podcast episode with Mary Namara, Womb Priestess and Embodied Channel. Hi Mary, I'm so happy to have you here today with us. Hi, thanks for having me. So I'm just really, really curious about you being a Womb Priestess and Embodied Channel. Would you give us the understanding of what that is and what do you actually do? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm totally happy to. I'll say how it is for me because I know that there are a lot of people out there that um, might experience it in different ways. But for myself, um, I have a deep devotional practice to the energy of my womb, to working with womb energy, to working with the divine feminine. Um, and feminine embodiment and especially feminine power and so womb priestess was a term that kind of came naturally to me i felt deeply like a priestess it encompasses everything that i do in my life both professionally and personally um and really holds that deeply devotional energy in it and um yeah working with the cycles working with the cyclicality of our bodies uh both men and women um obviously more often women than men but there's cyclicality in the male body as well and in our natural rhythms in the world as well um as far as an embodied channel goes i feel like this is something that we all have and all are it's just kind of what are you channeling we're all channeling at all times um it's just more how you connect to it um how you I don't even know how I really want to say that. It's like some people channel subtle beings. Some people channel specific energies. Um, for myself, I channel my soul through my body. And through my soul, there are other energies that I channel as well. Um, and when I work with people, when I'm giving a class or working with someone one-on-one, um, I will go into an embodied channeling state, which is that the energy is felt a lot more than the words. So it doesn't really matter what words I use. It's much more felt, um, the energy that's coming through. It's like you listen through the body. So that's how I would describe it. I know that there are a lot of people out there with similar experiences and similar embodiments that might describe their experience of it differently, but that's mine. Yeah, it's really beautiful because I I can feel into your words and it just makes so much sense energetically mm-hmm. and spiritually what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I really yeah. appreciate that feedback. Yeah. Um, you mentioned you have a deeply devotional practice. Mm-hmm. I would love to hear more about how that looks for you and what do you specifically incorporate in your practice? I mean, there are days when it's extensive. There are days when I go into um, ritual, ceremony, um, especially around my bleed time around when I'm on my period 
Um, but then, I mean, most days it can even just look like waking up and the acknowledgement when I wake up of I am walking with the goddess, you know, I am holding myself. I am in devotion to, um, I am devotion itself. Like, what does that feel like in your body to be devotion itself? I feel like that holds such a different energy just going through your life in that way. When you are devoted to the experience of life coming up around you and through you, and how can I be of service in that way? Um, Because I feel like so much of what we are here to do in the world comes down to service. Yeah. I don't know if that answered your question. I think I got a lot, a little bit off topic there. <laughs> no, it's just, I was, I was, I was thinking about how beautifully it feels inside my body to listen to you speaking. And it just, exactly what you were mentioning, it just boils down to this weaving of the words with the energy and what comes through. Yeah. Um, in this totally. moment. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm, I'm so glad I'm, that you're feeling that. Hmm. Yeah, and I, I, I really, I'm, I'm pretty sure that the listeners are gonna, are gonna feel into this too. And I'm, I'm thinking what a magical space to go create where people are listening to words, but the word, what is energetically being tr- channeled. Yeah, transmitted. Yeah. It's just so, so beyond words. Mm. You mentioned your, your ritual during your, uh, your bleeding period i would love to hear um if you can introduce our female listeners to the different phases of their menstrual cycle Mm. and if you have any piece of advice of how they can what kind of practices or how they can carry themselves how they can be in devotion um or what being in devotion towards yourself in different phases of your menstrual cycle looks like i love that question so much yes absolutely um so i'm going to start just with the most obvious touchstone that most women are aware of when you're starting out talking about the cycle the most obvious time that you're going to notice is going to be when you're bleeding um And so that's the start of your period. That's the start of your cycle. That's day one is when you start bleeding. And in this time, you are connected to the void. You're connected to uh, the shedding and the death and the winter part of the death and rebirth cycle. And so as you are connecting to that you're called into a place of deep stillness you're called into a place of profound rest and through that and in that there's this energy of the visionary there's this energy of um, connection and vision and clarity so for myself I love being on my period. I love it so much because I feel on point. It's like my body is going through some tough stuff. Um, Cause for myself, I got into it because I had really painful periods. Um, but through that pain underneath that pain. And then after that pain, um, there's this deep connection to self. It's one of the most connected times that I ever experience. And I just know exactly where I'm going. And that is a moment when I can see exactly what I want to bring into the world, exactly what seeds I want to plant. I just see it. So this is a really profound time to take just space to take space and to tune into your womb and come back to uh, a temple moment 
that's really what it is. It's a moment of entering the temple. And how do you approach a temple? How do you approach an altar space? I feel like if we connect to our wombs in that way, and specifically to our bleed times, um, it just changes the whole rest of the month. It changes the whole connection that you have to your body. So that's what I would describe for the bleed time. That is the winter. It is rest, but it is also planning. And then as you cleanse, as you shed the old, you come out into the spring. This is when your estrogen starts to rise. This is when you start to feel really kind of good and um, like, productive and like you can take on the world it's just like this influx of productive kind of flirty energy that continues to rise all the way through your springtime your uh, follicular phase all the way into ovulation so you're before i get to ovulation <laughs> your springtime is a fabulous moment to um, begin to plant the seeds that you were envisioning during your winter. So you've had this moment of rest and then you come out ready to take action, ready to take action on what you have seen, what you have envisioned. And then in the ovulatory phase, you just feel explosive you feel this huge amount of energy and where i'm at with it it can sometimes feel overwhelming because <laughs> i feel it so intensely so it's like this overflow of powerful flirtatious just sexual energy but sexual not even necessarily in a I need to have sex way, but in an I am inherently sexual way. Mm -hmm. Everything that I do holds sexuality. Everything that I do is connected to the fire of life. Yeah. Hi. Mm. Yeah, I'm just kind of waiting to see if there's anything else coming through on that. Sometimes I do a, a long piece of talking and I have to take a moment to check where I'm at. <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I'm, I just want to take a moment to honor that. And you mentioning this, you bringing this to our awareness is such a powerful moment. Mm. We all need this these moments, you know, where we can expand and 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 look into what needs to shine, what needs to come through, and just create that yeah that spaciousness instead of yeah. rushing into the next thing that needs to occupy the void. Totally, <laughs> I love that because we are so cultured to do that. Even when we make space, even when we have that temple moment, it's clearing out the old and now what can I replace it with? That's mm. so often a, um, a pattern that we fall into that it's such a good reminder to take a pause and that that's enough. It's enough to just yeah. pause. You don't mm. have to rush on to the next thing. Yeah. Hmm. Speaking of rushing on to the next things, <laughs> I am just going to finish up with the autumn part of the cycle, um, which is also the longest phase, which is something that I find very interesting. Um, it's a set amount of time. This is your, your uh, luteal phase. And through this time, your body is preparing to shed. It's preparing to let go of what you need. We most often call this um, 
PMS mm. or people experience PMS during this time. Um, but one thing that I've heard that I love is translating that as please make space. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I love that so much. And it's so true because it's like this deep power inside that is asking for spaciousness that is pushing away anything that has encroached on our boundaries, anything that has come into our field that we don't want. It deeply taps us into the part of ourselves that is powerfully standing in your boundaries. If you engage with it consciously, this can be an amazing moment to really take stock of what is serving you. Where have I crossed my own boundaries? Where are other people crossing my boundaries? And what needs to change? This taps you into your truth with a capital T. Taps you into your truth in a big way. And your power. I feel so powerful during that time. But if we're going through it without paying attention to that it can come out in um explosive ways you know you can be in a relationship and you don't know why but your partner's just pissing you off and you just either internalize it and say oh i'm i'm just pmsing or you um explode at them <laughs> and they say oh gosh she's on her period or whatever and it's not taking into account the fact that this time, this specific energy arises from a very deep place of truth. Yes, you're getting angry. Yes, you're on your period or on your, on your cycle. Um, and look deeper because it's not just from nowhere. It's coming from somewhere. <clears throat> All right. I, uh, I'd love to ask you if I've missed anything, if there's any questions that you have. <laughs> it, it was so nurturing for me to listen to you speaking about the menstrual cycle, mm. uh, the moon cycle. And I, I'm really in deep gratitude for mm. the work that you're carrying out even even mentioning what you mentioned about pms made me think about um and it's such a beautiful interpretation of pms please make space yeah it made me think about our internalized patriarchy that teaches us that we should perform the same and so for so many women their periods are either something that is shameful or something that is invisible. Yeah. And I, I, I was thinking about the trauma that is produced when you, when you first, when you first leave and it's either invisible or somehow you, you get at something, something important happened, but nobody celebrates it, you know? <laughs> and I learned in my past years, I'm so happy when she's coming to visit, you know? I feel that finally I have arrived in my body and I have arrived at the point of celebration and I'm dismantling the internalized patriarchy by taking space and time and by being in my truth because we've been conditioned as women to be unidimensional and to be pleasing and to be obedient. And when we are displaying what a normal psyche displays which is all shades of emotions anger sadness frustration joy happiness uh, ecstasy mm -hmm. um we are so uncomfortable yeah because we've been playing yeah. the role of uh put a smile uh, keep the mask very very um suffocating on your face so that there is no space of the truth ever shining and how dare you now you know yeah but 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 it's it's impossible, right? So that's why 
that's why the body goes for me through the cycles because the truth has to emerge it's, it's just impossible to 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 keep on the the conditioning and to keep on playing the same marionette role and i find yeah. that this is such a beautiful way of nature and our bodies saying no no here here is the truth the truth is that this has been bugging me for a while and now because i'm kmsing i allow myself to actually speak out and speak up about whatever was not aligned with uh with me in this <laughs> in the yeah. period prior to my autumn right totally <laughs> yeah. and i was also thinking about how the four seasons of the moon cycle may be also linked to the becoming of a woman from a maiden to a seductress to a mother and to a crone yeah right, totally. from spring to to winter yeah and as we traverse that every single month it's like we're not just going through it in our life and in, in a macrocosm we're doing it in a microcosm as well every single month or you know every single um 28 to 35 days however long it is <laughs> it's such a gift to get that practice it might not feel that way um if you don't if you're not comfortable with embodying it if you're not comfortable being present with the full spectrum but every single month every single cycle we have this gift of getting to embody all of it get to mm -hmm. experience this huge range of feeling this huge range of um archetype and how can we play with that how can we lean into that instead of leaning away from that yeah Mm. Yeah. And it's, it's funny because back to what you were saying before about celebrating it. I actually did have it celebrated when I <laughs> when I had my period. I I remember it so clearly. I got my first cycle on my father's birthday, which I was so embarrassed about. And I remember my mom taking me out to celebrate just the two of us. And then about a week later, she got all of my aunties together to have this great big women party <laughs> to welcome oh. me in. It was fabulous. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I wish, I wish every woman had this, you know, the initiation. Yeah. within a woman's circle and the celebration of womanhood and it's beautiful because you spoke to it you felt initially embarrassed yeah and i hope that it it shifted into no this is worthiness this is totally. womanhood this is a yeah just another stage of my of my of my life i remember there was one auntie that gifted me with a pale pink rose to symbolize my innocence and then mm. a pair of very scandalous lace panties to <laughs> symbolize my <laughs> emerging <laughs> womanhood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which was just fabulous. And for a, a 12 year old was um, definitely a little scandalous, but <laughs> looking back, I wouldn't change a thing. <laughs> like we all need these moments, right? Yeah. <laughs> Where you are a little bit, uh, hmm. Yeah, I, I'm not getting the, the, the full extent of it, but yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah. So, Marin, I'm wondering how did it start for you? It it feels that you had a background. It's really beautiful that your mother was there to celebrate uh, your your menstrual cycle. When did you first hear? Was it like this that you first heard the goddess calling, or what is the background story mm. for you to become the the woman and the practitioner that you are today? That's a really beautiful question. Um, I would say I've always felt something. I've always felt this big energy um, inside of me, but not inside of me. That's kind of the best way I can describe it. It's 
it's not me, but I'm also a part of it. I'm connected to it. It's something that um, I work with and it felt like it wanted to come through me. And I didn't know what to do with this. I always felt like um, there, there was something trying to birth through me and it caused a lot of frustration because I was like, I just want to know what it is. I just want to do it already. And I had no idea. So I focused on healing in other modalities. I became a body worker. I learned a lot about hands-on healing. And kind of over time, I started to be called back into my own body. Because before that, I was kind of a space cadet. I was definitely very floaty. Um, and a, a little more mm, less embodied. I'll say it that way. Mm. I was much less embodied. So I had to come back into my body. I had to do this long journey of coming back into my body and through learning massage therapy, through learning hands-on healing modalities, um, craniosacral therapy, and really beginning to understand the body itself as energy, not as a vessel for energy, but as energy itself. And once I started to understand that, it's like different opportunities started coming up. I had this um, womb wisdom mentorship come up just out of the blue from um, uh, a client of mine. And that was such a profound awakening into this very deep feminine energy, which I previously had been disconnected from. And from that place, it feels like all the rest of this birth. It was like this knowing of this is the, the flavor of what's coming through, is this divine feminine leadership, divine feminine energy um, birthing through me. And so then it's just one thing led to another. And I, um, yeah, and here I am. That's kind of vague. I am open to further questions on that because I <laughs> I know that that's kind of vague. <laughs> it doesn't feel vague. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I feel that, you know, like the goddess and the, the feminine flows and yeah. maybe the conditioning is, oh, I'm going to speak about the certifications and, you know, like very yeah. tangible masculine steps, but to me, it felt, it felt very fluid Good. from the moment where, <laughs> yeah, you're doing body work. And then I, I think it makes sense more when you experience it. Because when you are from the outside and you're thinking, oh, how is it that I could become a womb priestess? It's not really that you can become it. It's something that emerges and becomes you in in a yeah. way, and when you feel the calling, and you, as you, as you mentioned, you know, we are all here to be in service and of service. Yeah. And then the energy works through you. I feel like that's really the key is being a priestess is a choice. Being a priestess mm -hmm. is as simple as raising your hand. You're raising your hand to work with whatever you are in service to, whatever energies you're in service to, and to create a devotional practice around it. And part of that is internal, but then part of that is showing up to the mystery of your day and listening, how can I be of service in this moment? For me, priestess is a deeply resonant um, title because I do so many different things because I do personal healing. I do devotional practices. I do hands-on healing for clients. I do um, coaching and somatic work and, you know, energetic restructuring. And 
all of it comes under the head of priestess. It's not like I'm separating myself. I'm not saying here I'm a body worker and here I'm a coach and here I do this other thing. No, it's all a whole. It's my wholeness that's coming through. So then my job is just to embody the wholeness of me and to show up in each moment open to what's going to flow through me. It's just embodying all of you and asking how you can be of service. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. (sighs) I think that we're in such an interesting time because I see so many people stepping up to claim that and claim um, either that title or a title similar And I find it really interesting because this is something that we've always had a role for in every culture, every society. There's always been uh, someone who walks with spirit and is available to guide others in whatever form that may look like. There's always been a role for that. And it used to be that that role was one where you didn't necessarily have to charge money for it. Um, It was just donation-based and the community would come together to give um, and to make sure that this person was supported. And that's just what you did. And we're in a time now where that's not the practice anymore. And so it's really interesting seeing all of these people that have this deep calling, this deep spiritual embodiment and call to step up in service. And we're having to reimagine what it looks like to be that and to also charge for our services, which I think is just fascinating to watch. Yeah. I would love to hear your view on how the energy of money is linked to being of service and possibly linked to self-worth and to the, the, the value that you are creating or that you are helping emerge within yeah. our world. I love that. I love that so much. I love talking about money. I love it so much. (laughs) There's so much to dive in on this. Um, The way that I experience money is as neutral energy. It's just, it's just energy. And because of this, it flows. It has a natural flow if we are open to it flowing naturally, if we are trying to control it in a certain way, or if we're thinking of it in really linear terms, um, it can, it can cause a lot of contraction for people. There's so much contraction in our bodies that we hold around money, but it's also a tool because So I'll use an example. Say I'm doing coaching work with somebody and it may look like they're paying me for my time. They're paying me for for my time and my expertise, but that's not really what's happening. What they're paying is they're putting out a certain amount of energy, money, and creating a transformational portal with that for themselves. And my job is to be in integrity with how big of a portal I can hold. So if I have a lot of, I don't even know how to describe it, a lot of um, self-worth, but it's not just self-worth, it's Mm. Give me a moment while I just see how I really want to describe this. There's so much nuance to it as well. 
it's kind of like money is an energetic structure that we can land upon. So as this exchange happens, I am being given a certain amount of energy. And in exchange, I am channeling through a certain amount of energy. And the person in front of me is also rising up to meet that energetic exchange. This is a transformational portal that we step into. Everywhere where we're putting our money, we are investing into who we want to be. Even if it's just, I'm buying a cup of coffee at Starbucks, you are investing into who you are. You are putting energy down and saying, I am the person who drinks at Starbucks. Mm -hmm. I am investing money into this moment. I'm investing money into myself in this way. So we have to become really conscious around how we actually invest that money because a lot of us are investing it without being clear of what we're actually creating. We're putting this energy out there in a direction that we might not want or unconsciously so it's just leaking out like so many so many of us myself included just um spend money without thinking and so to actually bring consciousness to it and to realize where we're investing our money into and who which aspect of ourselves we're investing money into is pretty eye-opening it's amazing work yeah yeah hmm. i so honor what you just mentioned it's also um what are we crediting value towards yeah totally because yeah, because money you want it or not gives value yeah so if you go and you you go out for dinner Um, and you're gonna invest money in something that is not really aligned with your values. Isn't it that, you know, kind of creates internal conflict or like internal dissonance without yeah. us being really present to that? Totally. Right? If you stand for anti-violence or you try to reduce the, the quantity of violence that you're creating in the world, um, And you stand for kindness and empathy, and then you you invest money and time and energy in either behaviors or actions that are that are actually creating more violence in the world. Yeah, and I think that the, a deep part of your soul does know that, and it creates a rupture. And over time, that rupture becomes bigger and deeper. And yeah, something to ponder upon. Yeah, totally. I well, also, oh, sorry, go ahead. I, I, I really appreciated the way that you put it into perspective. It is also what version of yourself are you creating by yeah. investing that money energy um, yeah, in, totally. this, in this vision, right? Yeah, that's really beautiful. You're saying? I was just remembering when I was young. I uh, hated money because I didn't understand it. It scared me because I was like, how can something have um, one value mm -hmm. that feels all right to me and yet something else that's the exact same monetary value feels like too much of an investment? I didn't understand why money was so contextual. It should be... $80 is $80, no matter what you're buying. And yet, sometimes $80 was a humongous amount to spend. And sometimes it just felt like, yeah, of course, this is just what it costs. Like, I'm happy yeah. to spend this much. <laughs> yeah. I didn't understand it. And that scared me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I think it speaks to to the way that many of us engage with money, right? Like we we kind of 
give life to money and we give it a personality and we engage with it as if it was something um, real, like a real person, a real yeah. entity. Um, and it's, it's, it's interesting to look into that, how we project, I think we project parts of our, ourselves onto money or in the relationship that we, that we create, that we create with money. And I'm just going to mention something about healing and coaching because most of my money were invested, was invested in self-development practices. In the yeah. Same. Modalities <laughs> and coaching, right? <laughs> I'm thinking, wow, like, you know, how many houses could I have bought with that money, right? I know, totally. <laughs> Um, and then I'm thinking, I think, I'm thinking that, yeah, it, it, it really shows what my soul yearns for. Yeah. And, and I don't think that you can place a value or I for sure cannot place a monetary value on the amount of healing and integration and deepening of my human experience that happened through the investment and through working with different healers. And, and I think that it's kind of like a shadow uh, aspect of many people who are serving the world through healing modalities, um, maybe because of past lives <laughs> being <Yeah>. burnt on <laughs> the stake and so on and so forth. That it, so, many, so many of us feel that it's, it's not congruent to receive money. Yeah. Or that healing somehow should not be associated with money, and and then there are people uh, who are kind of um, propagating and and um, reiterating this narrative, and then I'm going to what you to what you just mentioned: eighty dollars invested in a coaching session, and eighty dollars invested in a. Uh, in overeating because yeah. you feel lonely and depressed, you know? And it's, it's just interesting that some people would choose to invest in overeating or all sorts of other activities that are momentarily feeling in the void, but would feel that it's not a, a proper investment yeah. um, to get yeah, therapy sessions or coaching sessions or, right, that actually addresses like a, a modality or a, the process that actually addresses the root cause. Yeah, that's such a good example. Yeah. Okay, you mentioned something, and I'm I'm thinking about what you mentioned uh, at the beginning of the um, of the talk about how you are channeling your personality through your body, your soul through your body, mm. and then there are different entities that are also expressing themselves in or through your through your uh through your soul did i get that right um so this is how i'll describe it it's like i am only channeling my soul i am channeling my soul into my body. However, then there are um, other energies or subtle beings that my soul might be in conversation with. That's how mm -hmm. I would describe it. It's not that I'm channeling these other energies. It's that on some level, I'm having a conversation with them and then interpreting them. Um, I'm, I'm, tapping into a field and kind of feeling it in my body and then um, expressing it like words will come through that way um, but some people have a talent for actually like mediums they'll actually channel a specific entity or a specific spirit or um, energy. And that's not how I do it. I don't give my body away. <laughs> I am fully centered in my own sovereignty and in my own energetic um, field and energetic blueprint. It's like, that is me. 
here are my boundaries. And then um, I might have conversations with other energies. That's how I would describe it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's very clear. Um, I would like to know how do you support people on their healing journey? Like how specifically um, a session with you would look like? And I'm, I'm sure that from session to session it looks very different. But just yeah, have like an totally. idea. Um, so I work a lot with people that are stepping into a new aspect of themselves. I work a lot with people that are looking to embody wholeness and looking to transform, feeling like there's a call for something deeper and feeling like there's more to them. And I help them to step into that. Now, I do that through um, body-mind connection work. I do that through somatic work, through somato-emotional release. Um, a session with me looks like a little bit of conversation and then a lot of embodiment <laughs> mm -hmm. and um, ritual and breath work and um, really getting clear on desires and on what we're actually looking to become and what does that feel like in our body and how do we transform into that in a way that is lasting, that isn't just in the moment, but that you can actually take into the rest of your life. This is a lot of nervous system work and neural pattern reprogramming um, and then creating a new energetic structure to hold what we desire. Mm. Yeah. So what do you, I heard you mentioning that you are supporting people who are yearning for something more. Yeah. And they are ready to step in a new version of themselves. Um, I'm wondering if you have some examples of yeah. types of, um, yeah, issues, not issues, but desires that clients bring to, to the session. Yeah. So I had, um, I had one woman who I'm just going to try and feel into how I want to describe this. Um, she felt like there was a part of herself that she couldn't actually be seen in. She had been told um, that there was this part of herself that she was supposed to embody. She was told this by a shaman 20 years ago and had never felt like she could actually be that person. Um, And originally she came to me because she was having trouble holding her boundaries. Uh, but through deeper work, we realized that what she really wanted to do was to become this aspect of herself that could hold boundaries and was so much more. It was like this deeper soul essence that she was feeling and that she was embarrassed to be seen in. She couldn't mm -hmm. tell her family that she had a different name that she wanted to go by. She couldn't um, set her boundaries and she couldn't, um, so much of it actually what came down to how, um, how much respect she gave herself, mm -hmm. which was really interesting because she was constantly looking to other people for the answers. And so some, so much of our work was bringing that back into her own wisdom. Not what does this person think you should do, but truly what is coming from inside. What do you think? What do you feel? And the transformation that took place was truly profound. From the beginning, she was, um, had a very airy energy 
uh, very floaty energy. And by the end, she was really grounded and really powerful. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah. It feels like you, you just told my life story. <laughs> like clearly this is, this is the reason why we are having this conversation today. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Heck, my life story too. <laughs> yeah. I, I imagine that there would be, yeah, a lot of people who can resonate with this because I think all of us have this, this hidden aspects that we are, that we are keeping safe and. Yeah yeah out of the light because we are afraid of yeah what would come out of us fully embodying those aspects and what i find really interesting is that those are the aspects that we are called to share with the world yeah and those are the aspects that would actually change completely the way that we experience life the way that we relate to other people yeah the level of 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 love that we have for for us and the people around us and of course it's all part of the journey and yeah sometimes it takes 20 years 30 years sometimes it takes many lifetimes yeah that's so true it's like that deep hidden part that's where our magic lies yeah beautiful yeah 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 I think we're coming into a time right now where our our magic is needed, that deep expression of that beauty and that authentic self, you in, in your wholeness, exactly how you are, fully being seen, that is exactly what the world needs right now. I think that's how we move forward. Mm. Yeah. I I feel that as as a woman, as an aging and consciously aging woman, I am coming to realize that now. Because I mm. feel like we need to peel off so many layers of conditioning. You know, we are taught to be pleasing. We are taught to be liked, and we all want to belong. So we pervert so many aspects of ourselves. Yeah. And then there is, I think, it's not the moment. It's just the process. Where, where we realize that we did, and you know, like you, you hear people saying this, you came here to shine your light, you came here to live your life, you came here to be in service by being truthful to what lies dormant within. And at the beginning, there are words, there are beautiful words, and something in you does resonate with that. Yeah. But then through the process of maybe just living, you know, sometimes, sometimes no healing modalities, you, it sinks really deeply and it somehow ignites the magic and then you just can't hold it in anymore you it's you you understand yeah. it's your responsibility and you you need to yeah you're this is this is the devotional aspect yeah this is how you 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 are um expressing your devotion towards um the universe god god's life energy by being exactly who you are totally yeah couldn't have said it any better. That's beautiful. <laughs> At this moment in your life, what is your biggest dream and how does it relate to what you're doing? You know, very in line with what we're just talking about, my biggest dream is to fully express what's inside mm-hmm. of me. I feel so much power and so much energy looking to be birthed into the world and I'm just at a point where I'm so excited to do it that's just my full focus yeah that's my biggest dream right now is I want to be that Marin Mm. fully (laughs) yeah yeah it I'm just in awe you know because I imagine that you like everybody else, or maybe it's just my projection, you know, like we had these dreams of achieving things and building things and <laughs> yeah. getting this certification and that and no. And then yeah, there is this moment where you are, no, I really want to be who I truly am. Yeah. And in the presence of that, other people feel safe enough to also be who they are who they truly are and to be loved also and celebrated and honored for bringing the creation to life. 
Totally. Yeah. Mm. What do you find most rewarding um, in your work? I think seeing the transformations that people go through, um, especially just work around sovereignty and personal power and noticing energy leaks that we've just gotten used to and noticing the difference that it makes when we start creating boundaries that actually hold us and serve us. And you can feel the difference in people when they do this. You can feel it palpably. It's just there's a different essence about them. There's this groundedness and this wholeness and fullness that they show up, show up in. And it's stunning. I love it. Mm. Hmm. Yeah. Who inspires you on your journey or who inspired you at this point? Hmm. I feel like I have so, so many people. Um, I think right now I'm going to say my dad <laughs> um, because he is such a fabulous representation of doing spiritual work in an incredibly grounded way, which I think the world needs more of. I think very often spiritual work can get a little bit woo-woo Um, or people just lose their grounding with it. And um, we need to remember that it's just a part of us. It's just, it's life like anything else. Um, and like life, it is phenomenally amazing and also a little mundane at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> that is so beautiful you know that of all the people all the masters uh, you choose your father and I, yeah I think it's also yeah it's it's just a, a beautiful testimonial to recognizing um, yeah something that is irrefutable and he lives through you too like part of him and his work lives yeah. through you through the legacy that you are creating by being who you are yeah definitely definitely um yeah i would say living that legacy and creating new with it which i love that i can say that because i know that that's also what he wants for me he, mm -hmm. he's like I don't care about a legacy. You just do you. And I'm like, I will. But also there's a little bit of legacy there because of just what I've been taught through my life. <laughs> yeah. And, and maybe this is the legacy, you know, I think so many people aspire to something like great and something that is physical and hyperbolized and, Yeah, I think that the most beautiful legacy that we are living is being who, who we are and being truly being. Yeah, just in, being in exactly. Yeah, yeah, mm, totally. Yeah, thank you so much, Marion. This was so expansive and so healing, and just really, really beautiful to feel into the yeah. vibration of your words. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me on as well. This is um, the first podcast that I've ever done, and it was a phenomenal experience. Thank you so much. Uh, I'm so glad. <laughs> I'm so honored. I'm so honored. <laughs> yeah. So I'm gonna add all the links in the um, in the notes so that people can find you, your website, and um, they can also find you on Instagram at Marin Amara. Yeah, Marin underscore. 
Amara underscore Amara. Yes. Yeah. And uh, is there anything else that you would like to share? Hmm. I would just say an invitation. I would say for anybody looking to go deeper with this work, um, send me a DM. And even if that's just a conversation or a question, I would love to participate in in conversations and questions. <laughs> mm. um, so don't hesitate to reach out. Yeah. Thank you for that generous offering. And yes, <laughs> I think it's so healing just to be in your presence. But I can I can deeply feel into that, you know, like your healing presence. Mm. Thank yeah. you for that. Mm. Okay. thank you for holding yeah. such amazing space i just wanted to say that yeah thank you <laughs> <laughs> thank you everybody and i'm so so happy that we got to do this today and yeah stay tuned for a new episode